Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. So we're looking at the understanding of something that is very important in our lives, and that is the understanding of pain and gain. And what we were uh, paying attention to last Sunday was the area of muscle strength, muscle gain in, in the area of when you're pressing past the norm, there's going to be that process of pain in your, in your muscles. That is a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. If you don't get pain, what happens is you are going to the pressure that your muscle can handle without it going past that, that point. So if I take a weight that, that is easy for my muscle to handle, it's just going to keep there and just going to do it all day, you know? But what happens is it gets past a threshold, and that threshold then starts tearing microfibers in your muscle. That's where the pain takes place. Now, I'm not talking about this acute or, or sharp, intense pain in a joint or something like that. I'm talking about the pain of growth, the pain of growth. And it's mandatory. You want to become stronger, it's mandatory. Now, what's interesting is, is you can get to the place where you're, start, you're tearing, but you don't have as much pain or any pain at all. Because now you're getting used to that process of pain equals gain. Now your muscle's like going, okay, we can do this. We can do this. So you're not going to experience as much pain the more you work out, the more you get involved in uh, the exercise of lifting weights. Now, we looked at what science has proven is the brain, even though it's an organ, it operates the same way as a muscle in the sense that it has to have the, the pressure or the, or the obstacle in the way for it to grow. Every time you increase muscle mass, your brain grows stronger. Is that crazy? That, that shocked me when I read that, that when I'm working out and I'm building muscle, I'm actually sending newer cells into my mind that it's given me a greater ability to think and reason and process just by working out. Oh, let's just do Fit for Life right now. We'll start right now. I'll get you guys moving and motivated. The thing is, is we need to understand that, that our bodies, and this is the key, our bodies are created by God. He's perfect. So you ought to understand and believe that there's certain things in this body that are created to bring health, strength, vitality. Not it only in your teen years, your 20 years, your 30 years, whatever. Your whole life existence on this earth. When God took Moses, his eyes weren't even dim. He was strong. Joshua was the same way. They didn't go because of diseases and sicknesses and they crumbled up and, and hid in their bed. That's Hollywood picture, but that's not the Bible. That's not the Bible at all. As a matter of fact, Hollywood doesn't have a clue how to present Scripture correct at all. I'm telling you, it doesn't have a clue, especially when it's talking about like Abraham and Sarah. You ever figured that one out? Sarah's like 80 years old and the kings are still hot for her. Now, you know what a king is, the ability to pick any, any any woman, any. And they'd be looking at Sarah like, whew, he's hot. 
I'm just saying. But what will Hollywood show? A Sarah that's walking around going, hey, Abraham. <laughs> I'm serious. It screws the word up and makes it so garbage. But if it showed it correctly, oh my gosh. But people, they, they, they have a difficult time right now hearing truth. If I talk religion, it's going to be more comfortable for you. Why? It won't produce change. Never has, never will. So you'll never get your toes stepped on, ever. But then when you speak truth, all of a sudden, what does that mean? Adjustment. You got to make adjustments now. Why? Because God loves to just screw with you. He likes to hurt you. He likes to make you feel dumb. No. He wants you to be the best that you can be. And that requires what? Change. It requires growth. It requires getting out of your comfort zone. Come on. That's what it requires. And that's what we want. I want that. I remember a long time ago, a new Christian growing up in the faith and, and even the religionist, the, the religionized Christian I was, the Bible college Christian, I hated to hear about God spanking and God who God loves, he corrects. I couldn't stand that because all I could look at is my past. And that was an ugly past as far as how I got spanked. And I don't know about some of you, you might have grew up in my kind of past, and that is spanking didn't have rules. Anything goes. The point is, is this. Until I understood the truth and got loose from my religious concept of God, I was at a, a, a standstill mode. I had plateaued in my ability to grow as a Christian. I can tell you right now, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people over the years of ministry plateau in their walk. And when you plateau, I can tell you what happens. You become judgmental. The thing is, is, is judgmental Christians are so deceived because religion focuses so much on looking at what others aren't doing, but never paying attention to what you're not doing but always looking at what everybody else is doing wrong and building themselves up so self-righteously. That's what religion does. And then all of a sudden, when you start getting into the area of truth or things like that, religion fights back. All you have to do is read the Gospels, people. I, I, I challenge you in the beginning of the year, not read them to get through the Gospels in one year, but read them to receive them. I said to read them to receive them. It means you got to go through it slow, methodically. Can't rush through it saying, oh, I read three chapters today. Look at me. I'm a special. It takes you a week to get out of one scripture. You're doing something good. The point is, is that's what this is for, to make you the best of the best in everything you do, to give you the ability, the tools, the information to get out of the mess, get out of the pain. God never promised you a pain-free life. Jesus said, you will have temptation. You're going to have the trials. You're going to have the tribulations come your way. You're going to have these pressures. These things are going to come against you. He says, hey, but cheer up, man. Praise God. Lift your voice of praise because I have overcome them. And when I started getting truth in me and I started understanding about what he meant by whom God loves, he corrects, 
And I started researching and searching out what does the scripture say? Not what religious Mojo says, not what Father Boobiba says, not what the priest, you know, Timmy says, not prophetess Cathandra says. No. What does God's word say about it? And all of a sudden I started seeing his word corrects. You see, our responsibility is what? To receive the word. So if you're truthfully going in this to receive from it, are you hearing? You're going to read things that don't line up with you, that spank you, that you go, I don't want to read this one anymore. I don't want to see this one. I want to jump this chapter because it's all about what I'm doing wrong. That's the correction right there. Religion wants you to believe that the correction is, is you're going to go out there because you're in sin and God's going to get a car and slam it right into you. I'll correct you. He's going to give you sickness and disease. I'll correct you. There's a lot of freaky religious people that believe that stuff. Not scriptural, by the way. I said it's not scriptural, by the way. Put that on YouTube. No pain, no gain. But if you want a successful life, it demands growth. It demands growth. When you work out with weights, you're going to understand the principle working out with weights is, is everything you do will always go to the level of comfortable or normal. So you can lift weights all you want, but you will end up plateauing every time. That plateau period means is you're going to have to change it up. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to trick those muscles because they're going, oh, we know what you're doing. So we'll just get used to this. And even if you add a little weight, it still plateaus. It always happens. My, my family, me and my wife, started years ago uh, transforming into how we eat. We eat for life. But before we didn't. And I'm going to tell you, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in a year. It took a long time. But it's now a part of our life. But it took a long time. And that's something I need you to understand is because in the faith, the tendency is, is, is we're trying to get this. It's got to happen in a month. It's got to happen this time. It's got to happen this way or it's not working. No, the Christian faith is life. Life, people. It's not a sprint. It's not over next year. It's life. That means life naturally is lining up to life spiritually. And you can look at life naturally, and nothing is that way. Everything takes the process of time, growing and maturing. Information's out there, but you might not be able to receive it yet. You hear what I'm saying? Your mind might still be at the eight-year-old level, even though you're 30. I'm trying to help you, and I can Honestly, I can help you a whole lot because what's happened is a lot, of, a lot of young people, a lot of older people that receive Jesus, they get around the, the seasoned religious ones. And they're the ones that can screw you up. They're the ones that can ruin your lives because they don't know how to look at this correctly. The point is, is if you're newer to the faith or even, you know, it's been one, two years, you're still a baby in the faith. And I'm not going to expect you to be anything but that. Why? Because I want you to grow. But if I start coming in with my life and my viewpoints and trying to start telling you how you need to be based upon where I'm at, I'm trying to take a fourth grader into high school. 
Is that going to work, anybody? Is that going to work? I can tell you what could happen. A fourth grader, smart enough, could probably learn, and we've seen it in the world very, very few times in the world, can study high school material. But are they mature? That's impossible. Impossible. They can have the wisdom to understand algebra at eight years old. But maturity, no way. No way. That helps us understand this and hopefully can set you free. Because if you're really talking to someone that knows this faith, they're going to be able to help you correctly. They're not going to try to, to ride you into their position. They're going to look at you where you're at. But that doesn't mean you're not going to get corrected. That doesn't mean you're not going to get information that's going to say, hey, you, you got to quit doing that. You, you need to add this to your life. You need to get rid of the carbs, man. They're screwing you over. Now, we don't want to go that way, do we? We hate the talk when it comes to food. Don't we, people? You are created in the image and likeness of God, and you're created as someone very special. You have been. It's just you're not seeing it because you're not rising above the norm. It's time to break through. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Everybody in here, it's time for you all to break through. Everybody. When I look at you, I see leaders. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. And that doesn't necessarily, believe me, that doesn't mean title. What that means is, is people are influenced by you. You got people following. You got people recognizing there's something in you that's valuable. And that's why I'm trying to rise your price tag of how you see yourself. He agrees. That was tongues. I just interpreted it. So we, we saw how Jesus said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have these issues, but have joy. Have joy. Have joy. Now, that's what Jesus said. Remember, he was telling them, I'm leaving you guys. You're going to be sad. The world's going to be happy, but you're going to be sad. You're going to cry. There's going to be some pain. But guess what? Cheer up. I've overcome the world. I'm an overcomer. Why would that cheer me up? That's Jesus, not me. I mean, that's what you would think, right? But he's getting us to understand something that when we receive him, we're in him. And as we're in him, we receive the benefits of what he did. So he overcame, I can overcome. Amen? But I got to understand, overcoming means that pain and pressure is going to be there. I was... Um, doing some things in the backyard, and we were trying to get rid of the grapefruits, the rest of the grapefruits, because it's starting to flower, you know? And I don't want it to screw up next, you know, harvest time. So we've got these, and the grapefruits are always the ones way up on top, because we've already got all the ones reachable, even by ladder. Now they're way up on top. How many know grapefruit trees, though they produce grapefruit, they're the devil? I mean, they literally have thorns and they, they have things that will scratch you and rip you to pieces, even lemon trees. And we had to clean our lemon tree. So what I did is in my short sleeve, I started getting those tr things. Now, now watch this. This is, this is an analogy God gave me. I'm reaching in there and getting these things and I'm getting scratched. I'm getting pain. But I'm getting the gain of the grapefruit, right? But wait a minute. What if I thought, 
hey, that first scratch, I should go get a long sleeve shirt. Now, what if I put on a long sleeve shirt and then did it? What would happen? Would the, would the thorns go away? No. Would they get softer? No, they'd still be the same thorns. But because I had a long sleeve on, it wouldn't be able to scratch my skin as easily until it became something heavier. The point is, is we, we, we have issues, right? Don't we have issues? So I thought, okay, put a long sleeve shirt on. It, it, it'll be different. But does it, does it change anything? No, it's, I just don't feel the pain as much. I don't feel the scratch. I don't get, it doesn't rip into my skin. Because I got a long sleeve, but it's still there. Now, what if I put on like a hockey uniform? Well, then if, if a big one falls on me, it's just going to bounce right off because I got more padding. Now, would it cause pain if I just had shorts on? I certainly would, as Daniel would tell you. That's what would happen. So what am I saying? I don't know. But no, I do. I do. I'm just messing with you. What I'm saying is this. It's exactly the same thing in life. There are times when you're getting in a life and you're getting scratched up, but you're not putting that long sleeve on. So you continue to get scratched up in the weakest, silliest ways. But if you just put in a long sleeve emotion, you'd be able to get in there and go, okay, it's not as bad as I thought. Oh, it's there. Aunt Sissy's bad attitude is still there, but I got my long sleeve on now, so I can handle that. All I'm doing is making a choice, putting on something different to protect me from that pain. It doesn't eliminate it. Everybody understand that? It doesn't eliminate, it just protects me. So when you go through life, guess what? As you get older, there are things that are going to hurt you tremendously. And some of you, that tremendous pain, short sleeve pain, 20 years later is still short sleeve pain. But that's on you. That's all on you. I'm not saying you didn't get cut and you didn't bleed. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at that point it hurt and it hurt bad. I'm not saying it didn't. I'm not saying anything about the point of contact, the hurt, the pain, the devastation as something light at all. Not at all. I can tell you right now, when I had these happen, I wasn't going in there ripping my skin off and going, that's right, I'm tough. I am tough. No, I was going, oh my gosh, that hurts. Ah, dang it. <laughs> and pulling those things off, and it's like going, then why do you keep doing it? And I'm going, I'm going to fix this. So I went and got the trimmers and started ripping into those things and snapping them. And that's how I got that big one to fall in Daniel's lake. Bam, smacking. I'm just cutting that tree. And that tree, you ain't going to grow on me like that no more. Where I have to reach up high, and I'm telling you, oh my gosh, grapefruits are falling everywhere, but with the whole branch. We got them off, though. I just had to use a little different process in life. And that's what we can do. Amen? Because what we want is we want to get through life through this pain. Remember what James says in chapter 1? Count it all joy when you fall into 
all kinds of tribulation, all kinds of trials. That's what it said. Count it all joy. We've studied this word many times as church. We haven't probably said it in a while, but count it all joy literally mean in the Greek language, throw a party. Who the heck says throw a party when you're under pressure and pain? Who in their right mind? God. He says to me, throw a, go, go to James chapter one. Take a look at this. Verse two. This is, I, I think I did the NIV. I don't remember which one. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials and temptations. Consider it pure joy. Whenever you face trials and temptations. This is, you know, it's interesting. This word is... Um, and we actually get the word pyro from it. And what it means is, it literally means to take a pointed sharp object and pierce yourself or pierce something all the way through. Not just the end, but all the way through. So in other words, this is something that's going to cause much pain. Or it's the picture of fire in the area of um, like breaking down bad old material to get to clean new material, like they do with um, diamonds or things like that, jewels. They fire and put them under fire to break off all the bad stuff, and they're refining it. And that in itself is another picture of this word. So what you're saying is literally that this pain, this, this fire, this thing you're under, God's saying, throw a party. Throw a party. Is that amazing? But why would he say that? Now, follow me, because this is what we want. Don't we want to get to the end result? I do. Throw a party when you face these pressures, these, this burning, refining going on in your life. Many kinds of them. Because you know, everybody say you know, because you know, this is the problem. It's saying you know, but most people don't know. We read the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible for the year. And we assume that's what's going to bring this magical protection over our lives. And it's not, because all through Scripture, I'm telling you, all the way through Scripture, it uses Hebrew and Greek language, exactly what we live in the natural life of learning things and putting those things, what we learn, to work. Same language, but because it's in the Bible, we get freaky with it. So we don't want to see it as something that's beneficial for life. We want to see it religiously. Look, God, I read a chapter. Praise me. I mean, it's ridiculous. This is to learn. Not to read, to learn. To learn. And it's saying we should know, we're supposed to know. What are we supposed to know? That the testing, this pressure, these things coming against us is going to do what? It's going to test my faith. What's it going to test? My faith. What is faith? What's the ultimate understanding of faith? And when you can define it correctly, then you see what's going on. 
See, faith is what? Faith is the substance. Okay, so you learn the term substance. What does that mean? That it's, it's just fantasy land? No. Faith is the substance of things confidently expected. Faith is the substance of things confidently expected. Faith is what? Substance to the confident expectation. So confident expectation is what I'm trying to create substance. What is substance? It's tangible. What are we talking about? Faith. So in all understanding of faith in the Christian realm, isn't it the spiritual thing, this weird thing out there, this thing that I don't have or some don't have, some do have, and faith is, oh, they have faith, they're great faith, and you have little faith, and I have small faith, and my faith can be taken away, and you don't have faith. Isn't that what it is? That's what most Christians define it as, which is completely against Scripture, completely against God's Word. So what is this faith? This faith is the ability to bring tangibility, substance, into a confident expectation. I know confident expectations are something that either we want a whole lot or it's something we already have already. And we don't like to hear it that way. We like the Bible to be all pretty, puppy dogs, flowers, Gucci, Gucci, tingly feeling. Right? But the truth is, the Bible is the truth. And that means it works bad or it works good. So what do I mean by, what do I mean by this? Confident expectation. See, y'all are faith champions. Amazing faith champions. But because you're in church, you religionized it. So you think, I don't got faith. I don't have the faith of that pastor. I don't have the faith of that guy. I don't have the faith of that woman. I don't know the faith of my grandma. And we define it based on what? A religious concept. But I'm going to tell you right now, y'all are champions of faith. Everybody in here. Every one of you. And you're like going, well, what? Because you have confident expectation of negative. Confident expectation of bad things. Confident expectation of I'm never. Confident expectation it won't happen. Confident expectation I always screw up. Confident expectation I'm a loser. And guess what? You bring substance to that confident expectation. You're a faith man. You're a faith woman. Oh, yeah, your life is filled with hell. H-E double toothpicks. Messed up, screwed up, no good. But guess what? You're awesome in faith. Because that's exactly what you're believing for. And you are getting exactly what your faith is expecting. So what did I just do? I just showed you an easy way out. Belief. Each one of you in there can change thought like that in a second. Everybody think of a dog. I don't care if it's your dog or neighbor's. I don't care if you like the dog or you don't like the dog. Think of a dog. I got to think of my lab, Zoe. Okay, I got Zoe in my head, all right? Now think of a horse. Okay, I got a picture of a horse. You got a picture of a horse? Think about the dog. Go back to the dog. Forget the horse. Are you back at the horse? 
You got, you got the dog right here? Is the dog here or the horse here? Dog. Dog's here, right? Think of a dolphin. We're going way out there now. Right now, picture a dolphin. You got the dolphin in your head? Okay, I'm done with the assignment. You want to think those negative thoughts and bring them substance? That's on you. But I'm telling you, it's time for you to turn this faith to the level that God has destined you to operate in and start believing for opposite of what you've been believing for and showing how much faith you have. Come on, faith man, faith woman. Man, I'm telling you, Marvel needs to hire you because you're awesome. You are super. I can't say super because that's DC and DC sucks. But anyway, the point is, is I, I'm just playing. It's that Marvel, DC, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek. You, anybody in here understand that language? Okay, I got some video gamers that are understanding, sci-fi fans. Do you see what I'm saying, right? Isn't this true? So we got, you know, we always got these little things we go against, but I don't hate DC. I'm just playing with you. Um, but anyway, moving right along. Because you know that the testing your faith develops, what year is this? Thank you, Jesus. No one said 2021 because I'm going to kick you out if you did that. What year is this? What year is this? Year of perseverance, correct? Okay, I'm going to help you connect to 2021 correctly, the year of perseverance. Faith develops, develops, matures, perseverance. I just have a hard time continuing. I have a hard, I just want to quit. I want to give up. I have a hard time persevering. I have a hard time continuing going in the right direction. I have a hard time eating correctly. I have a hard time exercising. I have a hard time being on time. And we're saying what? 2021 demands perseverance. Keep fighting the fight. Keep pushing in. You fall down, get back up. You trip up, keep moving forward. That's what persevering is. Nowhere in definition is persevering perfect. That's a lie. That's a religious lie and it's a world lie. First and foremost, there's no such thing as perfection other than God and his word. Anything lined up in God and his word is going to tie to perfection. Anything outside of that isn't. Now, is everything in the Bible perfect? No. No, it isn't. There are people in there. And when you have people, you're not going to have perfection. Only one, Jesus. That's it. Who is God in the flesh. But he also had choice. Is that amazing? So when we look at life, what we should do? Anybody? I mean, besides um, Jesus, you know, we aren't Jesus's. Right? Isn't that true? No, we're not. What does that mean? We're not perfect. So there's nothing in this world that we can look at and go, well, I'm perfect at this. No, you're not. No one, no one, no one can. So what does that mean? It means we can't relate to that word correctly. So it's time to quit using that and start using the right term, and that is we mature. We continue to grow. We continue to learn, and we don't stop. We continue. You never arrive. As long as you're on this earth, you never arrive. If you arrive, you stop growing. If you're trying to get through life without pain, you stopped growing. And believe me, it's sad to think this way, 
But when you're living a life trying to run away and get away from pain, the truth is, is you bring more pain on your life. Sad, but it's true. Persevere, amen? So it says, perseverance must finish its work. Why? Anybody in here want to have a life lacking in no area? Wouldn't you love to have a life lacking nothing? Anybody here besides me? You're, you're like going, gosh, wouldn't that be an awesome life where you lack nothing? I would love it. Let me look at the savings account. Ooh, lack nothing. Ooh, thank God, lack nothing. Lack nothing. Lack nothing in the home. Refrigerator, lack nothing. Lack nothing. Lack nothing. Lack nothing. Peace, lack nothing. Love, lack nothing. Joy, lack nothing. Lack nothing. I would love that. All right, I'll give you the answer right here. Let perseverance finish its work. All right, pastor says, don't quit. Pastor says, don't give up. I'm used to giving up. I'm used to quitting, but you know what? He said, God said, so I'm going to persevere. I'm going to press in. It's, it's territory I've never been in before. It's something I've never experienced, but I'm going to press in. I'm going to push. I'm going to fight to the finish. And what happens? It says, perseverance, when it finishes its work, you will be mature, complete, lacking nothing. I think we're all persevering still, right? (laughs) Because I got some lack. But I'm not quitting because that's a promise. Lacking in no area. Oh, my gosh. That's what I want. I want to experience that. I want to experience that. Because what are you lacking in? What are things in your life you're lacking in? Well, I can show you that just through the, the truth of this word that you're going to see perseverance isn't around. Why? Because faith wasn't in operation. Faith has to be in operation the good way, the right way, and you're going to have substance. Isn't that awesome? This is good stuff. Good stuff, Maynard. Amen. So we look at this, we understand, okay, I'm dealing with the pain, I get it. I'm going to be able to fight through the finish and be able to get through this pain. It's going to make me stronger. I'm not looking for it, but it's going to come. Jesus said it would come. Paul said it's going to be here. Uh, James says, hey, count it all joy when it comes. Count it all joy when it comes. Paul Paul said in the area of pain, what, Acts, I think I wrote this down, Acts, um, Acts 14, 22, we must through much tribulation, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom. I find that fascinating, what he said. Much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. You know what that doesn't mean, entering into heaven? It doesn't mean entering into salvation. It literally means to enter into the way God does things. The warfare and pressure is, is you're going to learn scripture, information in Bible that tilts your mind. And you're like going, I don't get it. How's that work? How's that work if I give? How's that work if I stand? How's that work? And the pressure and the tribulations, not only you, but other people that start coming against you. Listen, when it talks about trials, tribulation, it's talking about more than just the pressure you're feeling. It talks to outward forces that will come against you. People that will chase after you. The Greek language is chase after you. You got people chasing after you. You got, you got, you know, aunties and uncles that chase after you. 
you can still go in that church. What are you doing that? That's nothing. That is one. People are like that. Those are what the scripture talk about. There's going to be all kinds of different types of attacks that get you off track. What do we do? Persevere. Keep fighting. Fight to the finish. Amen? So we got to approach life understanding, just like muscle growth, I want to get bigger and stronger. I want to keep pressing in. I want, I want to meet that wall dead on and say, I'm pressing past you. When I plateau on life, I'm like going, I'm not stopping here. I'm moving forward. Paul said that same thing. He said, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I keep pressing. I'm going to keep pressing. He made it clear, even though this guy knew as much as anybody, anybody, when it came to God in his word, more than anyone. And he said, I haven't attained. I haven't got it all. I'm still learning. Everybody, every disciple, every apostle that walked with Jesus knew Paul had so much more information that they even had a clue about. And what would Paul say? Nah, I got to keep pressing. I need more. I need more. Is that awesome? Oh my gosh, I love that. If you're 70, 80, 90, 100, you, you're still here. You need to grow. You cannot lay back and say, well, I finished my life. No, you haven't. When you're in heaven, you can say that. I'm in heaven. Oh, I finished my life. Yes, you did. But as long as you're here, you need to grow. You need to learn. You need to work out this mind. You got to work out this soul. You got to work out this body. All of you, no matter how young, how old, I'm going to get you all healthy. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Everybody in here healthy. Because we're here to win, right? Win in life. Win in relationships, win in family, win in parenting, win in our jobs, win in businesses, win in owning our own companies. Successful. I need more millionaires in here. I do. My pastor, you just want their money? Dude, do you not even listen to me? It's another level of living life that I can sit there and go, that's what I'm talking about. You went from here, now you're there. Boom, there it is. I, my needs are met. I have Papa up there. And he'll always meet my needs. Always. I know that. I'm a giver. And I've been this way for a long time. I expect people to go to the next level. I just can't. I'm not working a job anymore like that. But if I was, oh man, I think about it all the time. Man, I could go back there and build those houses quicker than some of those guys are doing it. Man, if I put my belt on and go over there, I'd hire a group. I'd just get off in crazy land going, wait a minute, your pastor, stop it. I thought, yeah, but if I could have. I, what I should have did is early on, I should have never gave up my business. That's why I screwed up. I should have just been CEO and signed paychecks and not raise a hammer, but own the company. Blew it, blew it, blew it. But whatever, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know, I'm just hoping that you guys don't make that same mistake. So you build these companies up and then when it's time for ministry, you ain't getting rid of that company. You're going to keep moving forward. Amen. You'll learn from my mistake. 
Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I have all kinds of dreams for that to happen, okay? I'm going to look at seven reasons why God doesn't see pain and suffering the same way we do. Number one, it's an opportunity for advancement. Pain and suffering brings a challenge. We accept the challenge. We can advance through growth. Reason number two, it's an opportunity for victory. Victory only comes through battle. You can't have a victory unless you got a game. You ain't in the game. There's no victory. There's no raising a trophy. There's no, no experience of we won. No experience of the battle being victorious. That's awesome. I love 2 Corinthians 2.15. It says, thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph. What's that mean? No matter what I'm dealing with, ultimate result, ultimate result is victory. I win. Ultimate result. So the pain, I'm going to praise him because I know the end result. All right. Number three. Y'all with me? It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for growth. Maturity and strength comes through struggles. Resistance helps us become stronger. Amen. Resistance helps us become stronger. We don't like it. We don't want it. But if you know, everybody say no. I know. Say I know. Okay. I know that no pain, no gain. The resistance is going to make me stronger. I'm going to go for that. Number four, it's an opportunity to glorify God. Do you know that? See, we, 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 we want everything. Oh, no, make it easy. Make it easy. Whoop, make it easy. Make it easy. There ain't no faith. There ain't no standard of faith. There's no victory for God. When life comes at you hard, when it comes at you strong, and you have the ability to stand up, and the pressure's there, and it's hurting, and you got all kinds of ugly around you, but all of a sudden you believe in God, and you're standing in faith, you're trusting Jesus, and you get through, that brings glory to God. That brings glory to God. And that's what this is saying. In Romans 4.20, Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith. He strengthened himself in his faith that he's going to be a father of many nations. And it what? Gave glory to God. It gave glory to God. Isn't that awesome? Number five, it's an opportunity to develop patience. When you go through trials, it's the only way to develop patience. You don't need patience unless there's a trial. Romans 5.3, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, produces patience. And didn't we read in James 1, uh, chapter, verse 3, that this is what happens. Patience. Let it have its perfect work. Let it continue on. I know it's uncharted territory, I've never struggled this long. I've never persevered this long. Just keep going because when it ends, you're lacking no area in that. It's awesome. Number six, it's an opportunity to develop character. I said it's an opportunity to develop character. You know why so many uh, don't have good character? And believe me, there's a whole lot of people with no integrity at all. You know why? Because they are raised in a home that bailed them out of everything. Bailed them out. Every problem, every issue, everything they dealt with, they got bailed out. It, you can't develop character unless you go through the fire. It's impossible. Number seven, it's an opportunity for a blessing. God can turn every type of cursing into a blessing. Every battle into a victory. Are you hearing me? 
That's what the scripture says, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You love God when you hear and do his word, you love him. No lip service, no lip service. You know what the word says and you follow the word. That's loving God, okay? Now, are we all perfect in that area? No, but what are we supposed to do? Strive to. Find the area of weakness, strive to love Jesus in that area. How do I love Jesus in that area? Be in that area, screw up and go, oh, I love you, Jesus. No, you're not loving him. Your lip service, it's fake. Like most marriages. I mean, it's like people. <laughs> Listen, not talk the love, show the love. You show it by hear and do, hear and do, okay? That's what Jesus said. These are those that love me. They hear my words and do them. That's all we're saying. Follow what scripture says. This is what God says, and this is how God sees it. There's a, there's a psalm, Psalm 73, where the, the psalmist is, is looking at wicked people. Now, I used to do this years ago, but looking at wicked people, and you're going, dude, they're out there prospering. They're successful. They got everything. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm righteous. I'm, I'm, I'm this. And I'm looking at that and going, I'm wasting my time. I should be deceiving, stealing, and get rich. I mean, that's, you think this process because they're getting away with it. But see, that's the deception. Because ultimately, they're not. But see, we're not seeing that. We're seeing the stuff. That's what the devil loves. He loves to commercialize life. He likes to get you to look on the commercial side of life instead of life real. And so what we do is we look at that, and this psalmist is going, well, what's up with that? They hate God. And even in the scripture, it says that they're, they write, God can't see. God doesn't have knowledge. I mean, trashing God. And all of a sudden, the psalmist goes, whoa, 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 wait, wait. I can't go that way. This is what he does. If I go that way and talk that way, I'm going to screw up your children, God. So he's actually, he's a leader. So he's saying, if I go that way, then what I communicate will ruin many other people. And he stopped himself and wait a minute. He goes, no, no, no. I got to go into the sanctuary. I got to get to church. I got to get this information in me now. And he says, he gets this information. He goes, ah, oh, I got the answer now. See, before he was getting sold on the deception. Well, if I little cheat like they do, if I lie like they do, if I put down a false school like they do, if I fake things they do, I'll get rich. But see, that's... There's no integrity. And you're ripping your character for a dollar. You lost already. You lost just so you can buy another car? And you're a liar now? I, I don't see the benefit. You won by deceiving? I can't even take money. I can't, if they give me extra money, I can't even take it. If Safeway gives me an extra dollar and I see it and I'm going, I don't sit there and go, look, God bless me, praise Jesus. <laughs> I can't do that. It's just, it, there was a time in my life I could do that. There was a time in my life I, I could deceive myself and say, look how the Lord blesses. I can't. Why? Because this word, this life, make you more spiritual that's the fake religious people 
gives you more character. Gives you a greater ability to yes be yes and your no be no. Not worry what someone else thinks. That's what it does. It doesn't make you more, look how spiritual they are. I could tell you when they're doing that show, their lives are really screwed up. But that's the, you know, fake out. And church people are good at that. We don't want that. Your life out front, and let's fix it. Amen? Because we all need fix, right? Let's let this word stuff work. Let's let understanding of the word work, and let's get some victory going in our lives. Let's see this Christian stuff, the real stuff. Followers of Jesus, living this life the way it should be lived. Man, we're going to be awesome out there. That's when we are salt and we are light and we're making an impact. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word, the truth of the word of God. And Lord, I thank you that this word sticks and our ground is good and that we will reap a harvest of the seed sown, 30, 60, 100, multiplied in our lives. And we give you honor and glory for the word of God. You're an awesome God. We love you. And we are living this life to the fullest because that's what you want. You want us to experience all this goodness of you. So that's what I expect for every person in here, that their lives elevate in character, elevate in maturity of your word and your ways. And I thank you. Your will will be fulfilled because of it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.